Welcome to the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. We discuss five questions in about 10 minutes, and I am very pleased to introduce today Gerilyn Oshab, who is the CEO of Imagia, and I'm grateful for her willingness to participate and be a guest on the podcast today. Gerilyn, thank you. What would you like the audience to know about Imagia? Well, thanks, Sean, for having me. Um, so at Imagia, we are a digital healthcare company that has a very ambitious goal of building the world's largest collaboration ecosystem um, to innovate medical breakthroughs. And what that means is our goal is to really help move healthcare in general, starting at home in Canada and throughout North America, um, and then globally, to really get to precision medicine and pre precision oncology. Wow, fantastic. Now you mentioned oncology. So do you specialize in cancer type treatments and collaboration? Yes, that, that is our focus. Um, spe specifically around lung health initially, but also other types of uh, cancers. Oh, that is great. Well, we certainly wish you well in that pursuit. That's a very noble cause. So, well, let's jump to the questions. Our first question, share with the audience an example of success of collaboration within a team. Okay, great. So, um, I think the best example that's sort of multifunctional um, is a few years ago, the company I was with was unveiling a new product. Um, and we were demonstrating our product to key opinion leaders who were experts in their field. You know, the date was booked, the venue was booked, invitation sent, we've done the dry run through, um, but came the afternoon of the event and we we're on site and we thought we'll go through it one more time to make sure that we were able to demonstrate our our leading edge disruptive technology to the best. So the really palpable in the room, uh, we go to press the on button, nothing happens. Um, turned on off, nothing happens, like nothing. Mm. So we're at like T minus two hours, uh, the closest uh, solution to go get another uh, demonstration product is about 45 minutes away. So really the team pulled together with a shared mindset and we came up with a plan like within minutes. And this was a pretty multifunctional group. We had technology people, marketing people, sales people, um, the business leaders. Um, so, you know, from people volunteering to use their pickup truck to go back to the office and took the two strongest guys, even the one guy who was supposed to be presenting, went back to the office, got the system. We called in other engineering resources to work on the existing system to make sure because we didn't really know what to expect so they could troubleshoot. Um, we had somebody pre preparing a presentation as a backup and um, we even had technical people who sometimes aren't in their comfort zone to be outgoing were willing to greet our guests. So you know it, it all came down to you know the net net is uh, 10 minutes delayed only Everyone was greeted. Everyone got an extra cocktail, which was perfect. And the event was a huge success because mm -hmm. the collaboration really created the calm in the crisis. I like that phrase, that collaboration created the calm in the crisis. That's a great, mm -hmm. uh, that's a great way to describe effective collaboration. I really appreciate you sharing that story because, boy, I think we've all had those experiences where you find something uh, not going as planned. And that's when, if you have effective teamwork already in place, which you obviously did, then collaboration really helps solve those problems. So that's a fantastic example. 
Thanks. Question number two, I hear from other leaders of teams that it can be a challenge to measure engagement. Tell us your thoughts. Hmm. It is it is really important for organizations to understand employee engagement. I mean, as we know, highly engaged employees are really productive. And yeah, it's a bit difficult. Um, it isn't concrete. It's influenced by many factors, um, some of which on top of, or I should say, each organization is unique. So there's lots of there's lots of tools out there like pulse surveys, um, et cetera, but these are one kind of snapshot in time, right? It's kind of the mood, you're really measuring the mood of your organization versus engagement with some of these tools. I mean, they, they might not say that, but, but that is really what um, you're measuring. But whatever the tool is, I becomes, and it's about the fundamental behaviors and values of the leadership team and, and the management that really make a difference. So um, I can really get a measurement of your engagement through frequent communication for the leadership to help people understand where you're going and, and how they fit in. Because you need to fill in the blanks for them or people fill in the blanks for themselves. And usually it's better if you do it. And then I think the other thing is, is listening to your employees is um, really supplying the right tools so that they, they can feel like they can get the job done. Because at the end of the day, most people, um, not all, but most people, they really just want to do a good job and be recognized for it and feel like they're making a difference. So I think engagement is really important, but it's not about, you know, it's not just about the dashboard. It's about the activities and, and some of the fundamental leadership values. Great comments, great comments, especially about listening and making sure that you're there for the employees. Because yeah, measuring engagement can be a challenge because there's it's so different in how everybody defines it. So great comments. Uh, question number three, based on your experience, Geraldine, is there one particular attribute that you feel is representative of a confident leader? Absolutely. Um, so I think it's about a leader being able to admit what they don't know. So whether you call that humility, um, you know, whatever, whatever the word is to describe it, but it's basically putting your ego aside or the perception that you need to have all the answers because it's impossible to know everything. And I think, um, you know, when, when you admit that you don't know something, it actually makes you look or appear more confident in you, both your ability to come up with the best solution, but also in your, in your team's views and, and that they can contribute. Great comment. There's a lot of research and studies that are confirming what you just said, that uh, it's not about always having to have all the answers. Um, in fact, a lot of times, depending on how you respond to it, um, it actually boosts your, your perception of confidence from your teammates. So that's a great comment. Uh, question number four, is there someone that you'd like to recognize that has had an influence in your life? I've been fortunate to have so many amazing mentors. Um, and I, I don't want to just say one name because I feel like I would be leaving people out. But there's, there's an example that I want to share. And I think it's really relevant now for... Um, young women today who are working mothers and trying to balance their career and children and home life. And especially when with, with COVID and the pandemic, everything is sort of merged into one, right? Like there's the, the boundaries have sort of um, been erased. And so this is one, you know, I was working 
really hard to get my first director level position. And I was excelling at it. Um, my husband and I have both two big jobs and life was busy. Our family needs were hitting like a, a speed wobble, if you will. And we knew something needed to change. I think our children were like five and two at the time. And, you know, I recognized that I needed to make a change. One of us needed to make a change, but I felt that I needed to make a, a change and scale back a little bit on my career path and spend more time with my children. And it was terrifying, right? Because you work really hard to get to get to a certain position and you're um, trying to demonstrate your value and, and whatnot. And when I, when I thought about this change, I thought, well, how's it gonna look on my resume, right? That, that at a point in my life where my career was accelerating, I've decided to take a step back and would this really negatively impact my career path and trajectory long-term? So as I was sort of debating and, and struggling really with it, I discussed it with one of my mentors and I remember really clearly what he said, and that's what I wanna share with other women is, it's only for a year or two. You're taking a step back for a year or two, you're still the same person. Um, you will explain why you did that to your future boss or future colleagues. And if they don't understand it, you don't want to work for them anyway. Mm -hmm. And it made me realize that it gave, it empowered me because it made me realize that I have a choice and I don't just choose, and we all have a choice. You get to choose what happens to your career. It's not dictated by somebody else. And you get to choose the environments that you want to work in because you know what's best for you. You know, life and career is not a net sum zero game. So um, I think if I could send that message and give comfort to any of the really talented young women and men out there who struggle with um, career and family, that's what I'd like to share. Those are great comments because you really demonstrated the importance of, of evaluating values and timing and what's important. And I especially like what you said about sometimes if the employer or prospective employer doesn't understand or respect that, probably not the best fit. And so you want to be in a place where you feel like whatever decisions past or current are being respected by the leadership of the new of the new company that you're working for. So those are great, great examples, great story. Thank you for sharing that. Our final question, Gerilyn, tell us a little bit about your first job. Ah, um, my first job was in retail and, it, and I was 15 years old. Uh, just, I, they hired me a little on the young side. I think I had to be 16, but anyway, um, I was soon to be 16. Um, it's a well-known clothing, real uh, clothing chain, you know, targeting sort of the young kind of uh, demographic. And my title was fashion consultant. So um, I learned a lot in that job because it really brought out interpersonal skills, which I think interpersonal skills and um, EQ are absolutely critical. Um, and, you know, you had to put yourself out there and approach people and do it in a way that they didn't feel like you were trying to sell them something, but that you're actually trying to help them. So it was sort of my first view of consultative selling, if you will. You know, you learn the business aspects and inventory and responsibility, but along the lines of that EQ is body language, how to read people and understand their potential needs and um, make them understand that, that you're there to assist them. And, and, I, and I remember a, a quote that I kind of 
thought about from, or well, I had from one of my managers and I think about often is people forget what you might say or do, but they don't forget how you make them feel. And I think that was my biggest uh, learning, lessons learned from a retail job. I really appreciate you sharing the lessons that you learned from that, because that's, to me, that's the fun part about this question. It isn't just hearing what they did for their first job, but it, mm-hmm. in so many cases, it shapes in one way or the other, either they hated the first job and that taught them to go this way, or they learned a lot of things and they go a different direction. Either way, they're learning lessons. And those are the things that I love hearing from the guests about that first job and what they learned. So thank you so much for sharing that. And Gerilyn, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. How can people find you? So you can find me at either LinkedIn, um, so Gerilyn Oshap, or you can find me at our Imagia website at www.imagia.com. Um, reach out if there's anything I can uh, share. I'm, I'm really passionate about mentorship and helping people uh, find their path. Fantastic. This is Sean Richards with the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. For more ideas, you can go to teamengagementpodcast.com. Again, that's teamengagementpodcast.com. And we also encourage you to subscribe to the YouTube channel and to the podcast itself. Thank you so much for joining us and have a great day.